confession time. Some days I really wish I was an Anglican. Honestly, their pastors get to wear such cool-looking gowns and sashes and often get to stand behind a big, ornate podium after being paraded in behind a decorative cross. If I'm lucky, I get to run up on stage just in time to sing or preach without one of my kids yelling something at me about a gross bodily function. I have a good friend named Anne. She's an Anglican minister in town, and I'm always jealous of her white collar every time we have coffee. And I'm super jealous of her gowns and sashes when I've seen her preach. There's something about these symbols and outfits that fascinate me. This visual stuff that we wear can say a lot about us and about our beliefs. This morning we have to backtrack a little to the moments before Jesus was actually handed over to be crucified. He was beaten at the command of the governor Pilate, who was probably trying to assure the Jewish leaders that he wasn't just letting Jesus off scot-free. Because the religious leaders had accused Jesus of claiming to be a divinely sent king, Pilate had the perfect symbol that he used to further the punishment. It was a handmade crown. John 19, verse 2 and 3 says, The soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. This thorny crown was likely a playoff of the wreath-like crown given to emperors and kings, as well as to victorious athletes of Jesus' day. They were mocking Jesus, probably saying something like, You want to be a ruler? You want to succeed? Well, here's your crown. When the beating and mockery of Jesus had begun, Pilate stepped back out in front of the crowd and said, I still find no fault with this man. With that, he called for Jesus to step out and be seen by all. So Jesus came out wearing the purple robe and the crown of thorns. The eyes of the crowd looked up to see Jesus, beaten, bloodied, and crowned with thorns. Pilate shouted, Here is the man, the conquered man. Now what is he wearing? A purple robe, the sign of royalty. This would have infuriated the crowd even more. There, there's no way this man can be our king. But he also continues to wear that thorny crown. One of the onlooking Jews who was well versed in their own scriptures might have recognized that this was not just a bloody and beaten man. This was now a man with God's curse on his head. Early in the first book of the Hebrew scriptures, we read about the curse that was set upon creation when humans set their faces away from God. Genesis 3 says, The earth will now bring forth thorns, and you will return to the dust, for out of it you were taken. The curse of thorns, the curse of death, Jesus was wearing it like a crown. This should sink deeply into us. The first king's crown worn by Jesus was not one of glory and victory, 
it was one of curse and mockery. And he wore our curse and endured it so that he might taste death for everyone. Hebrews 2 verse 9. Jesus tasted all death. He, he wore the punishment of all sin, the whole curse, and he wore it on his head like a crown. Though this was not his final crown. Yesterday we saw the image of Jesus returning with the name Faithful and True. In that same vision, we notice that he is now wearing many crowns. Revelation 19 and 12. The thorny, mocking crown of cursing has now been replaced with many crowns suited for a victor and a king. Now, without the mocking tone of Roman soldiers, we can set our face toward the crowned head of Jesus and say together, Hail, King Jesus. Let's do that today. Let's pray. Jesus, you wore the curse of a lost and rebellious creation on your head. You tasted all death. You even then were becoming the victorious king of all. You are no longer wearing a cursed crown. Now you wear the victor's crown. We worship you as the king who wears many crowns today. Please bless your kingdom. Amen.